0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Guys, God bless you. Jesus loves you. But as in, He loves you. And I don't know if you know that you are so accepted in Him. So loved by Him. God not only loves you, he likes you. Did you know that? He planned you and then he formed you exactly as he wanted to form you and put you together. And he knows the things that he calls you for. And there's areas where we need redemption, he has paid. And he's not asking us to fix ourselves, because then you're looking to you as if you are God. (laughs) And he's asking us to surrender to him, because his ways, the principles from his word, will bring newness of life in our hearts, in our thinking, and then it will spill through to the people around us. So he's calling us to intimacy and surrender to him, and from that place, the newness of life. You cannot not get it when you submit to Jesus, when you journey with Jesus, when you say yes to the love of Jesus. So, the sermon's um, name in Afrikaans, I was ministering this word earlier, and it was um, just in Afrikaans, it said, (laughs) Ons et wat ons suk. And the English is. What you seek, you will find. That what you want, that's what you've got. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're gonna get. If you and I want to live for the opinion of the world, the world's opinion of success, then that we will apply the principles of the world that says you're su- successful if you look like this and you earn this, you have certain titles, whatever. There's there's a long list. That's just one or two of the things. So if we want to live for that, we can. <laughs> We've got freedom of choice. That which we want, we can have it. If I want to live to lay my life down, I can. If I want to lay down my life for Jesus, I can. But if I want to lay down my life to build my own kingdom and build my brand and my name and live for my flesh to be satisfied and my emotions to be satisfied, I can do that too. (laughs) We've got freedom of choice. So let's quickly look at what the Word of God says, what God urges us to choose, and then we're going to go back to what I just mentioned about freedom of choice. So if you are at home streaming in, God bless you. We love you too. you part of the household of faith. And the household of faith is dispersed right across the globe for like more than 24 hours because there are time zones. Did you know for more than 24 hours... The name of Jesus is like loudly, loudly praised across the globe. Different nations, different languages. Here and there, a little bit different doctrine and theology. We're different people, you know, and we look at something differently sometimes. But we're growing, and our eyes are on Jesus and the Helper, who's the Holy Spirit, who's helping us, leading us. But while we're on this journey around the world and for another few hours before this day ends in the last nation, people were saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. How beautiful we be part of that family. So whether you're watching this from your bed or from your living room, you are so welcome and loved and part of the household of faith. Let's look to Matthew 6. We're going to read from verse 19 to 34. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. No one can serve two masters. I can't build my, my kingdom and God's at the same time. I can only serve one king at a time. No one can serve two masters, build two kingdoms. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, this is the, such a good question, and which of you, by being anxious, nervous, stressed, whatever word you want to put there, can add a single hour to your span of life? Ooh! That's not right. And the next slide. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the leaves of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, Are you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But, so they were saying a few things, what we mustn't do, but look at this beautiful instruction. It's clear, it's simple, it's straightforward. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we know that we must be looking for opportunities to seek his kingdom to come, whether it's on a Sunday at church, whether it's on a Tuesday when you're at the till paying for your bread, whether it's in the classroom, whether you are in the office, whether you're at a red light and there's somebody in a vehicle next to you and the Holy Spirit wants you to quickly pray for that person. Either way... We are called to seek his kingdom and bring his kingdom down. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth, where we go on earth, (laughs) as it is in the heavenly. So God wants heaven to come down, whether it's provision, whether it's love, whether it's healing of our hearts, of our bodies, of our minds. God is the healer and he is peace. So God says, I've not given you a mind that becomes anxious, that's fearful, that's full of anxiety, but a spirit of power, love, and of peace. I've given you a sound mind, the Lord says. But, here's the thing. We've got freedom of choice. We don't have to pursue peace in our thoughts. We don't have to pursue having a pure heart. We don't have to pursue a life that is being laid down so that we can receive life, because Jesus speaks in Luke, he says, um, if you want to be my disciple, you need to daily (laughs) deny yourself, pick up your cross, and then follow me, we get to choose that, so yes, we must seek the kingdom of God, but how many of you know that sometimes when we, you know, when we encounter the Lord, or the first time you gave your heart to the Lord, um, or maybe, you know, you there's a season where you just go for it, you know, spending more time in his word, and, you know, there's intimacy, and it's beautiful, but how many of you know that because I was intimate with Jesus yesterday, that doesn't mean that I'm going to make an effort necessarily today, I need to put up that fight again to say, no, intimacy with you is my priority, Lord, um, When I was a student, some of you are young working, some of you are are studying, maybe you're at home and you've been working for a long time, but I remember as a younger Christian, we were such a big group that were radically excited for Jesus, just saying like, it's it's no longer for my glory, I just want to live to make your name to be known across the world, like whether you use me in the singing and acting that I was studying and that I work on. And now, and whether, you, whether it's through teaching or sweeping a floor, I don't care, Lord. I just want your glory to be known through my life. I want people to know Jesus because I was in a room. <laughs> just use me, Jesus. And a lot of you know, people with me were excited. And then time passed, and later you realize not everybody is still excited about Jesus because God's not going to take away our freedom of choice. But here's the good news. Satan cannot touch your freedom of choice either. He's been defeated on the cross. So Jesus died. He's been, he, he rose. And remember when he said to this, the disciples, I'm going to die. I'm going to go. He said I was going to be crucified. I'm going to go away from you. Like, don't go. We need you to lead us. And then he said, like, no, man, don't you understand? You need me to go. Because when I go, the helper comes down. Guys, The helper is one of the names for the spirit that was going to raise Jesus from the dead. So here it is in a nutshell. Jesus died and then he rose. He conquered death, shame, fear, everything. Holy Spirit already came. Enemies already overcome. You know, he's already been overcome. So are we waiting for God? To do a miracle so that we can start following him. The miracle has been done. God is waiting on us. He's encouraging us to seek his kingdom. Not by our own, not not relying on your flesh, but relying on him in partnership within a place from intimacy with him. We get to choose every day for the rest of our life, you and me. We get to choose whether intimacy with Jesus will be our number one priority or not. And from that place of pursuing intimacy with Jesus, we get to pursue his voice. Pursue hearing his voice. And then we get to pursue obeying his voice. We have that invitation all the time. And a lot of people are in the beginning, they're excited. And as time passes, sometimes we start choosing other things. Some people radically come at certain forks in the road and they just go... I don't want to, I want, you know, I want to exit, I want to go this side. And sometimes, as as people, sometimes we just get distracted slowly, little by little. Um, Either way, I'm just going to give you a few key principles that can help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, whether it's now or a million years down the road with many seasons of up and downs, because disappointment is part of life. Tribulations, it's not like, oh, you're going to go through tough times when you're not right with Jesus. That is not biblical theology. Jesus, the word of God says Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Jesus says in, in the word, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations, but take heart, I've overcome this world. So God is not calling us to be this brave macho people saying I can dance. He's calling us to look to him. And from that place we are radiant and we are bold because we know the one who conquered it all. So a few years back I was like recent years, I was there at a wedding, at the snack table, there's my Weifield. Um, that's my grazing field, and I bump into a friend that was a student with me here on campus, so when he knew me as a student, we were like, woo, Jesus, yes, uh, like I told you, you know, you, when you're young and there's a big group of you, you're excited for the Lord, so a few years pass, and we meet again, and it's so lucky to see him because you know this is like your brother in the Lord. This it's just it's it's family because you just know that this person loves Jesus. So there's just this one family, and and we chat and we're like, how are you? What are you doing? I haven't seen you in years. And after a while, they're at this neck table. He looks at me and he says, can I ask you a question? Because now it's like at least. Ten years since I've seen him since we were students, it's ten years past. he have been working. And he says, I'm like, sure, I'll ask. I'm like And he says, How did you stay like this? How did you stay on fire for Jesus? This is after like five minutes of conversation. He wants to know. And I look at him and I say, I don't know. <laughs> Because I didn't prepare a sermon for the snack table. But I started thinking and asking the Lord Lord, why am I excited more to see your word in your presence literally deliver people, get them healed, save them, save marriages, save people's lives why am I more excited about that now than before and I started thinking about it and um, talking to the Lord and I just want to give you a few of those keys that if I can reverse I can go and tell him (laughs) so just a few quick keys number one I just mentioned it already we've got freedom of choice so we actually have what we want If you want to be on fire for Jesus, you can. God is not going to hold you back. He's the one that paid the price. He's inviting you. He has made a way through his son. He's inviting you. God is not going to hold you back. You don't have to impress him. Follow him a very certain specific way to be, you know, intimate with him. God says, draw close to me and I will draw near to you. So if you want to be on fire for Jesus, you can. Satan cannot hold you back. As would have case. He's been overcome at the cross through Calvary. So the Lord's not going to hold us back he's calling us Satan cannot hold us back he's been defeated at the cross yeah he's making maracas now but Jesus is coming back soon and then this will end too we know, you know spoiler alert you know how you watch a movie and somebody goes I can't believe this one marries that one at the end oh have you not seen it you know that's what you call a spoiler né? so spoiler alert for us for all of eternity this one thing we know in the end Jesus wins So we know that God calls us. We know that Satan cannot take away our freedom of choice. He's been overcome. So, who's the one that can hold you back from serving Jesus if it's not Jesus and it's not the enemy? It's the one behind your mask. Because we get to choose. If we want to live a life that says, I'm looking for gaps to testify, we can. If I want to live a life where I'm looking for opportunities to pray for somebody, whether I'm I'm scared, you know, nervous, if the person's going to reject me, if the headache's going to be healed or not, that doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, if you want to live a life that prays for people, you can. I love it. Joyce Meyer says, it's fine if you're scared or afraid. She says, but do it afraid. just do it, like still just go for it, I mean people bungee, do you think they go, oh lekker, well some of them were, but I was horrible, I started shaking and they said like, and I said just take me back, take my money, take it off, I don't want to, I don't want to jump anymore and I didn't care about my ego, I was like my brothers, my big ones, they're gonna chew me, I'm like I don't even care to just take it, like fill me and um, and then I, I did do it, I just because I remembered, it's like fear, it's, it, fear is not real, there's no difference for me to jump off here, or off a sidewalk, or off the bungee, you know, the ledge, there's a, there's a rubber band, there's just this fear that's saying that I must be afraid, so I did what I always do when I'm afraid, there with all the people going, you can do it, I held on, because they told me, and then I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to jump now, and then I did, but like a <laughs> People go, Woo, I went off of it, but I did it. My, my point is just, we have got freedom of choice. And Satan and our flesh loves to think about ridiculous and not ridiculous reasons why we must rather not choose Jesus. But we don't have to listen to him. And we don't have to listen to our flesh. It goes, you, don't, you can just lie in. Like Jesus will love you even if you don't go to church today. That is true. But how many of you know that Satan also quoted scripture to Jesus out of context in the desert? So, guys, have to we have to finish off almost, so I want to give you those few keys. Number one, you've got freedom of choice, so just choose to choose Jesus. If you want to be on fire for Jesus, do it. If you don't want to, it's freedom of choice. God does not force us, okay? Point number two that's going to help you with point number one. eh? This is a very practical key. Have a soft heart that is quick to repent. Have a, choose daily, like every time in a difficult, some situations are more challenging than others. But all the time, choose a soft heart that is quick to repent. Why do I say this? If I'm okay to compromise today this much, will I compromise this much tomorrow? Mm-mm. It's like fitness. Like if you keep on running and running and running, you're not just going to keep on running. I wanted to say 5Ks. Who am I kidding? Two Ks. <laughs> No matter how unfit you are, after a while you're going to be like, no, I want to go further. And and God gave us that principle so that we would be hungry to pursue the the things of God. Because later it's not enough to serve a little. You want to go a bit further. I didn't love serving growing up. I grew up in the same world as you. The community catered to us. The ultimate success is you serve nobody. You've got the finances that you are just served in every area. Somebody cleans, cooks, drives your car, does your washing, no no, 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 Like in a perfect, super-duper world, I mean, they like ultimate successes. You just sit there in the morning, all of a sudden, they come and do your makeup. The world says that's most ultimate success, that type of finances. Jesus said, I don't come to be served, I came to serve. So... When I got discipled that, when I was a student here in church, and I heard that, I was like, okay, Jesus, so if I want to become like you, I need to grow in serving. And you guys, now I get, I was like the normal human, like dishes, I'd be like, ah! Um, but I realized some people would not be open to receive the gospel, but guess what? I could be Jesus to them by just serving them. And they, I could literally deposit Jesus in a party because I went to wash the dishes. And then I grew. As I started doing it, now I get such a kick out of it. I'm like, oh, it's a gap. It's a gap for kingdom to come. I'm going, I'm going to serve this person in this area. So you guys, have a, the, the quicker we are to repent, the, the softer our heart stays, the more we stay within intimacy of Jesus. Because the thing about not repenting is sin separates us from God. Sin. And forgiveness... The forgiveness of Jesus Christ as our Savior reconciles us. So if you want to stay close to Jesus and be intimate with Jesus, having a soft heart that will, that will repent quickly, whether it's to a person or to the Lord or to both, that's just going to help you to keep on choosing him. You guys, a week or two ago, I realized something is not like it. Something is not right. And I know it's not God. Everything with him is very right. But I didn't like commit a murder or do something specifically or like steal somebody's handbag. But I was just like, Lord, something's not right. And no, I it's not you. So I just didn't ignore it because I'm desperate, because I get to choose whether I'm desperate for Jesus or not. So I said to him, Would you please just show me? And then the Lord showed me that I, my focus slightly, but it did start, it started shifting from intimacy with him to the tasks of being obedient from the place of intimacy. And I, I did the best thing ever, the biggest, greatest gift ever as so I repented I said oh I'm so sorry Lord that wasn't on purpose but I take ownership I'm so sorry I realize I've been focusing more on you know the tasks of, of obedience bringing the kingdom than pursuing intimacy with you number one because God says at the end of the day you can raise the dead but if he does not know you you cannot enter in so the obedience is every time an outflow from pursuing intimacy with Jesus so guys you have a choice: soft heart, quick to repent, surrendering to Christ Jesus. That is continual. It's not a task. Uh, the word says, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." Work out. Not attain it by sticking up your hand. Yes. Start by responding, going like, Jesus, that's me. I realize I need to give my life to you. I need to surrender this area. Come to the front. Pray with people. There is power in that. But that is a continual thing. So continuously choose to have a soft heart and to keep on surrendering your ideas, your dreams, your things. Because Jesus says, if you do not daily deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Community. Guys, guys, guys. I was saved and spirit-filled, born again, before I joined this church, in fact, in 2004, January. But when I joined an on-fire, spirit-filled community, my life changed. Healed of depression. I was on medication for four years. Healed from rejection, fears, a lot of stuff that I didn't know was broken, but the fruits in my life showed that there was brokenness, but I didn't even know what it was. God came to heal through his word, his spirit, through his body. He is the head of what? The body. So you need to put up a fight to be connected to his body. So we fight for our intimacy with the head, but we fight for our intimacy with the body also. So if I just like pop in and out of church, if I'm, how are you so a like, and you a like, be blessed by There cannot be fruit, because I need to be actually vulnerable in the times when the enemy says, you should be ashamed that you're even struggling. And sometimes, guys, we feel miffed about stuff. We don't even know what's wrong. Still, run to Jesus. Run to somebody that you trust to say, will you pray with me? Because I've been praying on my own, and I'm not seeing the breakthrough. And I know God designed us in his image. He is community. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I need community. So I need you to pray with me. So put up a fight for community. And also, who do you ha- spend time with? If I hang out with people most of the time that live for their entertainment, as in when the priorities are done with the, the rest of the timing, you know, in the week, that the time budget and the money budget is like, oh, how can I spend it on myself to do something awesome and feel entertained? I'm not suddenly going to start living for people to get saved. If I'm going to spend most of the time. So community, who are you hanging out with? Yes, love people that think differently about you. Pursue relationship with them because we're not salt and light for salt and light. We're salt and light for the areas that need salt and light. So pursue them. But it's so important that we fellowship and build each other up. You need to build up your friend and your friend needs to build up you. And that needs to happen in community. And then just last two things. And that is that for a massive miracle to happen... For a massive miracle to happen, do you know what needs to happen for a massive miracle? Somewhere between one and a thousand, very small steps of obedience by faith. Guys, one of the craziest things that, that the Lord has used me with um, with regards to a couple that, was, uh, that could not f- f- physically, literally, the doctor communicated to them that they could not have children. Like he couldn't send them for treatment. There was nothing to treat. They could not have children. And they just responded saying, Jesus, it's awesome. Now it's just official that only you can make us pregnant God. Because that's what we say. Life comes from him. And then they were just by faith. They were like, yes, Lord. Anyway, the, the Lord used... I'm just nutshelling here. The Lord used me and a big part of his family, like... <laughs> in obedience. Fasting, praying, being a prophetic seed, whatever. Like, all these things happening. And, like, miraculously, yeah. Child number two is born for them already. Two years apart. Like, they just planned it. And the doctor said it's med- medically impossible. But if I if I go back... You know, the Lord used me in that testimony, and that wasn't it's literally a miracle, but before that, there were a thousand times, like, where the Lord asked me to obey Him by faith, whether I understood how something would work out or not. And I took those small steps, and that was part of a journey, and that's one of the testimonies from that journey. Is that miracle? But massive miracle, it's just a thousand. Tiny steps, or maybe 20, there's not a rule of obedience by faith, from that place of pursuing intimacy with Jesus. And then I just want to say something for the record that lies, something that is not true, a lie. If I say, "If I swim in the ocean, I just my truth is, I will not become wet. That's my truth. Don't judge me. That is not a truth. That's not the truth, that's a lie. That lie cannot become the truth because a thousand people voted that it is the truth. So what I'm trying to explain to you is that lies cannot democratically be elevated to truth. And we need to understand this. And we need to pursue the Holy Spirit's voice. It's really important in this season more than ever that we hear from Jesus and that we look at scenarios through the word by the help of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't help George, myself, see us. Adam Beast, the man with the strong arms here, tells you this is what you're going to do and you're going to submit the hot Yay. Oh yes, cares what the word says. That's what they said and the team said it and a lot of people voted, so I'm going to do it. That's not how it works. You and, you're not going to be judged for my conviction and I'm not going to be judged for your conviction. We're going to stand one day before the father and he's going to say, this is what my word says. If God's word says be baptized, I can't one day go, yes, I know you said so, but the trendy group that are all Christians said I must not. Okay, so who is Lord of your life? (laughs) So I just want to encourage you, for yourself, check out, study, look in the word. What does the word say? And what does the Holy Spirit say about a scenario? Because we need that intimacy with the Lord so that we will be led by the Spirit of God. Not emotions, not trends, not other people's convictions and other movements, but by Jesus. He wants to speak to you. He died on a cross. That's how serious it is about you being reconciled to God in relationship with Him. So you can please stand to your feet as we end off. Thank you for listening.